Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. How many of you know the world's a little different than it was a couple of years ago? Uh, as we've been coming out of this pandemic, we realize that the world is fundamentally different than it was before the pandemic. And uh, as we've been studying leadership, especially in churches, we're realizing that none of us have ever been in a situation like this before. Like the world has never been this way. Even, you know, we look back at the Spanish flu back in the 20s. And it's funny, Amy's great-grandma was born during the Spanish flu of the 20s, and she passed away during the this pandemic, it was, it was kind of weird. But the world has never been quite like this. So we're starting a new series called New Mercies, and it's based on Lamentations chapter 3, uh, verse 22. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Did you catch that? His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. So this passage says that God's mercies are new when? Every morning. That means he never gives up. He never quits giving mercy, even in the midst of difficulties. Now, the fun thing about this passage is it was written by Jeremiah as the Israelites were in captivity. As they were being exiled, they'd been exiled to Babylon because they'd sinned. They'd blown it over and over and over and over and over again. And even in the midst of this, they're living in a foreign land where the people were trying to make them just like themselves. He said, God's mercies are new every single day. He has grace every day. So we're going to, the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how to stay faithful to the Lord and how to handle change in a way that honors him. Because guys, the world is different than it's ever been. We're dealing with new change every single day. You know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, the cold came every year, the flu came every year, but really that was about it, right? You never heard of monkeypox or COVID or people eating bats. You know, I mean, it was just different. It was, the world was kind of normal all the time, right? You got, you got chicken pox. I mean, that was, do you remember chicken pox parties? Like a kid down the street would get chicken pox, everybody bring their kids and be like, hey, get chicken pox together. It was the weirdest thing ever. Why do I have all these spots? Mom's like, you're fine. You're home for a day and then you're going back to school. But the world is totally different than it's ever been. So we're going to look at this the next few weeks. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes 3. If you have the Version Bible app, if you hit that little more button and then hit events, the notes are there. You'll see Calvary. You'll see the notes there. Um, really quickly, I do want to say thank you for your giving. Guys, we, uh, earlier this week we had the Nebraska Healthy Ministries Retreat. It's a minister's retreat. So they had a family retreat at Mahoney State Park. And our church gives to what's called the Healthy Ministries Fund, or the, yeah, Healthy Ministries Fund. We give 2% of our, the tithes and offerings you guys give to our district. And for years that went to the camp. All that money went to the camp for camp improvements. And then uh, the last two years it's been going to Healthy Ministers so your money helped fund this event. And also, we've been helping some pastors because we realize mental illness is a real thing, right? And we're realizing, especially coming out of a pandemic, a lot of pastors are struggling with mental illness. And so part of that money is helping pastors get counseling to be healthy for their families. 
Uh, some of it, we're actually sending people on, uh, sending pastors on sabbaticals. They're pastors who've been at their churches for 10, 12, 15 years and never had a vacation. And so we're, you're, part of your money is paying for pastors to go off with their wives and their kids and go have a, a mini vacation. So thank you. You guys helped make that possible. And Amber got to ride a horse. That was pretty cool. You know, she went horseback riding at this retreat. So her smile was about this wide. I ride motorcycles and I feel that way, but she liked horses. So, so thank you for that. Also, thank you, uh, Sturgis. We had a great trip at Sturgis. Um, I told the Sunday school class this, but we go up and we help with a kid zone every week. And this year was a little different uh, because we actually did two different ministries. We did a kid zone. And then also in Rapid City, their church that allows us to stay there on, is right on the way to Mount Rushmore. So hundreds and hundreds of bikes go by every hour, literally every hour, going out to Mount Rushmore. So we set up a bike wash because bikers like their bikes to be clean. Most bikers like their bikes to be clean. Some people with black bikes don't wash them very often, but the rest of us, just kidding. Uh, so we set that up, and so when guys were coming back, they would stop in. We'd wash their bikes. We'd give them cold water. Uh, we had a snack station inside the church. I could go and use the bathroom, sit down, cool off. We had chips and things, and then we prayed for them. We said, hey, is there anything we can pray for you about? Can we bless your bike? Because bikers like you to pray for their motorcycle to run. So we, we prayed for them, and every single person let us pray with them. It was incredible. And so we just got to share Jesus with them. So thank you. Your giving also helped with that because you support the Hubbles who run that. So, all right. How many of you guys have ever been through a transition in your life? How many of you have been through a transition this year? <laughs> Some of you are about to go through a big transition, right? <laughs> and so... So these guys, transition happens. And so, guys, we understand life goes in seasons. Can we agree on that? You have seasons. When you get married, that's a new season, right? You're learning how to live with somebody else. You're learning how to, how to share, you know, things your parents have been teaching you since you were infants, how to share things. How to, then you have kids. Wow, that's a different season, right? Life changes. Your kids get older. They go into elementary school. That's a totally different season. Then they become teenagers. Totally new season, right? They learn to drive. Totally new season, yes. Mikhail's making faces at me. All right? They get sassy. They, uh, <laughs> then they go off to college, right? Not her, of course. They go off to college, and that's a new season. And then you become empty nesters. <laughs> That's a totally new season. And guys, here's the thing. COVID changed everything. It fundamentally changed our country. It changed the way people react. I've been talking to pastors in the last two years, a lot more. And they say, guys, my church is totally different. I don't really know how to lead right now. We don't have volunteers. People travel more. Sturgis was bigger this year than it's been in I don't know how many years. I mean, they were just people coming out the walls. It was incredible. Usually Thursday, Friday, it kind of slows down. They were ever. I saw Jack Sparrow, a guy dressed just like Captain Jack Sparrow, riding a motorcycle, hat, braids, and, well, anyway, it was, um, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about Johnny Depp, but I won't. But it was, you know, it was just, there were people there because things are totally different than they were. So what we're going to do these next few weeks is learn how to deal with seasons in our lives. And I'm not just preaching this message because I got a kid leaving for college. Uh, this has been in the plans for a long time. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 1, Solomon, who was the, one of the wisest men to ever live, God gave him incredible knowledge. Solomon is writing the book of Ecclesiastes as he's an older man looking back at his life. If you've never read Ecclesiastes, you should really read it. It's an incredible book. It's a little depressing <laughs> in places. But it's very, very practical. 
Solomon is looking back over his life, and he's teaching the lessons that he's learned. And he says this. Now, some of you have heard this in a psalm back in the 60s. He says, For everything there is a season, and time for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to turn away, a time to search, a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So what is he saying? Life goes in seasons, in cycles. There are different times in our lives. It's not constant. So I want to look at a little bit understanding seasons and transition. Now, I preached a message kind of like this a couple years ago. We did actually a, a whole series on change. And so some of this came from a book. Uh, it's called Understanding Seasons. And I'm trying to find the, the name of the author. I wrote it on here. William Bridges. Transitions Making Sense of Life Changes by William Bridges. Uh, and then Brian Jarrett, he's a pastor of North Place Church in Dallas. I was in a cohort with him a couple years ago, and he taught extensively on some of this stuff. So some of that came from them, some of these ideas. So if you're interested in that book, it's a really good book. But it's about understanding seasons. Now, we understand that change is constant, right? Things change all the time. I love living in Nebraska because we have all four seasons, right? Some of them are really brief, but we have them all. Some of the people that moved from Georgia had summer pretty much all year, right? You know, it's just cooler summer and hotter summer. Um, but here we have all four seasons. And so we see that seasons kind of teach us a lesson that life is constantly changing. Change is constant. We're constantly growing. We're constantly changing. Our bodies are kind of changing. Every day you wake up, something different hurts, right? I mean, it's, it's amazing. Our lives are always in change. And Solomon tells us that life is made of constantly changing seasons. And change, guys, is engraved in the cycle of life. Change is constant. Um, and so... In uh, 1971, David Bowie called a song, or he wrote a song called Changes. And some of the lyrics, he says, changes, turn and face the change. And he says, turn and face the strange. Changes come, I'm going to have to be a different man. Time may be changing me, but I can't trace time. I love that. He said, it's time to face the strange. And I think he said it because it rhymes with change. But also, because change is what? Strange. Change is weird. Some of us love change. Some of us despise change, right? Because change is different. It makes things different. It makes things weird for a while. How many of you guys have ever moved to a new house and you wake up the first morning that you're in that house and what happens? You get out of bed, you run into a wall because you're not used to a wall being there. Or you wake up and you're like, where am I? Like, I can't remember why, right? Our kids just change rooms and it's weird. Like they would walk into the wrong bedroom sometimes because they're used to that being their room. So it's different. How many of you guys have ever moved to a new town? That first couple of months is really weird, right? Because you can't find anything. Like, where's the grocery store? How do I get there? How do I find this place? So change is different. We don't always understand what's coming. But we understand that change is going to come. And we observe that life happens, or that change happens in stages. Change happens in stages, Right? Things happen, and they change. They kind of go through periods. So this guy that wrote this book, um, what did I say his name was again? William Bridges. He said the change has three stages. 
There's an end zone. I know some of you football people are like, woohoo. There's a neutral zone, and there's a new beginning. He says, change happens in stages, uh, and we're going to talk about this here in just a moment. But to start a change, something has to end. One period in your life ends, one stay at a place ends, and then there's this what's called the neutral zone, and the neutral zone is kind of like a desert. It's that weird spot after something changes, and you have to get used to stuff all over again. We've all seen this. You start a new job. You know, you're excited. One job ends. You start this new job, but then once that first little period, you're having to learn everything again, right? Or maybe a family member dies or a friend dies. It's that weird period where you're used to being able to call them and you can't. And we have this thing called grief that helps us move them to a new, a new normal, a new place in our lives. We're used to them being here. Now they're in our memories and our hearts, right? And then there's a new beginning. And so change comes sometimes from the outside, sometimes from an inside. You know, you lose a job, kids move out, somebody leaves, somebody moves away. And then, guys, sometimes there's an inside change that happens. How many of you have ever had that time when, like, something that you're really passionate about just kind of died? You just weren't passionate about it anymore? But then you had something else that you really had never thought about, and you're all of a sudden you're passionate about that? That's an inside change. That's God changing something in you. Some of you have had that. You had a job that you loved forever, and one day you just got there, and you kind of went, <sighs> you're just not in love with it anymore. But then you, you find something else you're really passionate about. Or maybe a ministry. Some of you guys loved working with kids, and then at some point you just said, I am sick of this. But I would love to work with teenagers. Or maybe I would love to work with older adults. You know? I mean, it just it happens. Things change. Or you kind of get that unsettled feeling. But here's the thing. Transition is dealing with change that comes. So change happens, and then once change happens, we have this thing called transition. And transition is dealing with that weirdness, right? Transition is how you deal with that weird spot. It's learning the new normal, the new town, the new job. It's, it's taking time. It's when you move in a new house and you can't find anything, right? You're always like, where are the pots? Where is, it? Where is tape? It doesn't matter how long you live in a house, you can never find tape. You ever notice that? Tape and pens, like you can never find it anywhere. It's just odd. But transition's a process. So let's talk real quick about the end zone. When something ends in our lives, the end zone is defined as the ending or the end of something. That's huge, right? The end zone's an end, right? But basically when we're saying an end of something, something changes. Something that was in our lives is no more. Okay. The end zone is when something in our lives ends. And here's the big thing I want you to understand today. Before we can move on to something new, we have to let something else go. When something changes in our lives, before we can get to that new beginning, we have to let go of what once was. You know, when, when we work with churches and a pastor leaves the church, you know what we tell them? You have to leave. And this sounds harsh, but sometimes pastors... They leave a church, and they want to keep talking to people in the church. And we said, no, you have to leave because they have to be able to let you go. You have to allow them to move on to the new pastor. And it's weird because we've left churches. We had great, great friends. And we just had to say, you know, I love you. I'm still going to talk to you, but I can't be your pastor anymore. I can be your friend, but I'm not your pastor. You have to let that go and move on to this new person. When kids move out of the house, what do you have to do? You have to let them move out, right? You can't constantly be there. Let them do their own thing for a while. Let them learn that, that transition. And so I want you to think about it. Joseph in the Old Testament, he was a man who had 11 brothers, and he was dad's favorite, right? 
And remember this, it's a long story, but remember Joseph was his dad's favorite. He had a dream that he was going to be in charge of something. His brothers are going to be underneath him. And his brothers got mad and they did what? They sold him as a slave. They were going to kill him and they realized, well, we can be rid of him and make money. So let's sell him as a slave. Joseph had a definite end, right? The end of being dad's favorite, the end of being that person is gone. And through years and years and years of hardship and turmoil, he had to let that go and had to learn a new normal. And eventually his dream came true, but he had this end. Now there's different kind of end zones, guys. There's two different kinds of end zones. There's voluntary and involuntary. What's a voluntary end zone? It's when you quit something, right? Or you change something, you move, you buy a new house, you move to a new town, you change jobs, you do something, say, I'm going to quit doing this, I'm going to do this. Then there are involuntary, there are kind of end zones that happen to us. What is that? Someone we love passes away. We end up with a divorce, someone leaves us. Kids move out of the house. You get fired at work, you have to get a new job. COVID happens, <laughs> right? There are things that happen to us, but either way, they're both the end of something. But the good thing about endings is that God is still in control. Even if it's an involuntary thing, it's not something that you want. Maybe you got a disease. Maybe someone you love got a disease. Maybe your car catches on fire. Whatever it is, even though it's hard, God is still in control. But there's a danger, guys. There's a danger of endings. When something in our lives ends, we have to be able to let it go. What happens if something ends and we don't let go? We can't move on to the new beginning. We can't move into what God has for us if we don't let go of the old. If you get fired from a job and you keep trying to show up, they're going to say, leave. <laughs> you are not welcome here anymore. Go away. You have to let go of that. And so... We have, to, we have this new thing. It's this, it's this weird thing that psychologists have been talking about. It's called helicopter parents. There are parents who will not let their kids grow up. Have you seen this? They follow their kids to college. They will move to a new town to be with their kids while they're in school. And what happens? What happens to that kid? They can never become independent, right? They can never grow up. Or we see kids that move back home until they're 30. And the parents are saying... <laughs> And it's okay if you're in a transition period, but sooner or later, you got to grow up, right? I, when I went off to college, my parents, I was like, you know, I might come back. They said, let me help you pack. <laughs> like, go away. I mean, they love me, but they love seeing me leave, too. It was one of those get. So, but we have to, we have to allow the way things were to die if we're going to move on to a new and that's the same way Joseph. Joseph had to stop thinking of himself as this guy's son, had to start thinking of himself as what he was, right? All right, the neutral zone. This is the big part I want to talk about. This is that desert place between what was and what is going to be. The desert place between what was and what will be. It's that weird spot. It's a place of chaos and confusion. But it's also a place of great growth and creativity. You know, here in the Midwest, what happens to trees in the wintertime? They lose their leaves, but are they dead? No. What are they actually doing? Growing. Scientists tell you the biggest time of growth for a tree is in the wintertime because the leaves are gone and all that work goes into getting bigger roots. They grow the most 
when it seems like they're dead. And it's the same way with us, guys. When we're in this middle place, this place that we don't understand, is the time that we can grow because we have to be dependent on Jesus. Our faith can grow the most in these desert places because you have nowhere else to go. And the neutral zone can be a place of breakdown or breakthrough depending on how we handle it. You know when Paul, he was an apostle in the New Testament, you know where he wrote most of the New Testament? From prison. Now, Paul had been in Jerusalem. He'd been there working as an apostle. And then he had a, God spoke to him and said, I want you to go to Rome. And he was trying to get to Rome. But in the meantime, he ended up in prison. And he ended up in Rome and ended up in prison. Right? So he wasn't where he was. He wasn't where he wanted to be. He was in this weird in-between time. And that's where he grew. That's where he wrote. Um, John Bunyan wrote the book, The Pilgrim's Progress, during a time of great personal stress in his life. How many of you guys know the song, Shout to the Lord? It's an older song from like the, the late 90s, early 2000s. That song changed worship as we know it. That was one of the songs that totally changed from a totally hymn-based to more of a worship chorus. Darlene Check, a lady from Australia, wrote that song. She wrote that song during a time of crisis in her life. What well, was a crisis for her and ended up being a blessing for the entire church world because she allowed God to work in her and through her in that time of chaos. So, so having, uh, moving from a hurrying or moving from an ending to a new beginning without a neutral zone is dangerous. Hurrying from one ending to a new beginning without that neutral zone time in between is dangerous because we never go through that transition. We never allow the old to die. And guys, we see this all the time. Some of you know people. They'll bounce from one job to another job to another job to another job. They'll bounce from one relationship to another to another to another. Why is that? They never allow themselves time to grow, time to grieve, time to move on. They don't have that neutral zone. And we've met people. We've tried to help people sometimes. They'll go from an abusive relationship and we say, okay, you need to just settle down. You need to, to get stable. You need to get a place for your kids. You need to do this. And what do they do? They go right to another relationship. And it's usually another unhealthy relationship because they don't allow themselves that time to grow. And guys, it's this way. When God brings something to an end in our lives, we have to allow ourselves time to go to that neutral zone to grow. We saw this with Paul. When Paul gave his life to Christ in the New Testament, right? God knocked, Jesus knocked him off his horse. He was blind for a few days. He became a Christian, he started growing, and then he went off into the desert on his own. It said he left, and he went on his own. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, Paul says, When God, who set me apart <coughs> from a mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal a son to me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult with any human being. I didn't go to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia, into the desert. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Paul, Cephas, or Peter, Cephas, and stayed with him for 15 days. Paul went out on his own to have a desert time. So a desert time can be a place of great learning and great development. God loves us, and he gives us time in a neutral place. In Jeremiah 18, God gave Jeremiah a word, and he took him down to a potter's house. And he saw a potter was making a pot, and then it it didn't work the way he wanted to, so what did he do? He molded it again. And he said, I can do the same thing with you. I can mold you into what I want you to be. He doesn't throw it away. He remakes it. 
So all through Scripture, we see that people, before God did something big, they all had one thing in common. They had a desert time. Moses had a time in the desert. Elijah had a time in the desert. Abraham, Jesus went into the desert before he started his public ministry. John the Baptist, Joseph, all had times, even Paul, had times in a desert place where they grew and God prepared them. So guys, some of you may be in a time of transition right now. God may have ended something in your life and you're moving on to a new beginning, but you've been in that weird place and you don't know what God is doing. When you're in that desert place, don't give up because that's the time God is forming you. And he's preparing you. He's getting you ready for something new. Some of you may be in that time right now where something is just ending. You're saying, what on earth am I going to do now? You're going to move into kind of a desert spot. You're going you're gonna to learn. You're going to move into transition. And here's the thing, guys. A word about timing on this. Sometimes the neutral zone comes after a new beginning. Sometimes you move right to a new place. Maybe a job ends and you get a new job right away. And then after that, you're like, oh, hey, a new beginning. Then you have that weird unsettled time. That's neutral zone. That's God working in you. Sometimes somebody passes away. It's really quick. And you have that whole funeral and everything's kind of crazy. And then you have that after time. And it's that neutral time. Learning that new beginning. So sometimes we have that unsettled. So, and then we have this this displaced feeling or disoriented feeling. Um, sometimes we even people even go into depression when they're in a neutral zone because we just don't know quite what is. But here's the great thing, guys. When you're in a neutral zone, it means that something new is coming. And that's what we call the new beginning. When you're in that neutral zone, in that weird spot, there's a new beginning coming. And I love this line. This came from Brian Jarrett. He says, when we see more opportunity in our future, then we see hurt in our past, ready to move to a new beginning. When we see more opportunity in our future, then we see hurt in our past, we're ready to move on to a new beginning. That's when God's ready to do something new in us. But guys, that's what that neutral zone time is, that weird time, that desert place, is so we can heal up and be ready for what God's doing in us. So guys, some of you are here and you're in that kind of weird, unsettled place. I don't really know what God is doing in me. He's growing you. He's getting you ready for a new beginning. He's getting you ready for what's next, right? And that's exciting. And so once we move through the new, through the end zone and the neutral zone, we can enter the new beginning phase. We're ready for what God wants to do. But here's the catch. When the new phase of our life is, can begin is when we move through the healthily through the other two phases. You have to move through them in a healthy manner. Now, sometimes God drags us through the desert place kicking and screaming, right? <laughs> no, I don't want to change. I don't want to change. I don't want to change. But we have to be willing to go through that so we can get ready for that new beginning. I remember when we were youth pastors, we've been in Joplin, Missouri for about six years at this point, and everything was going great. We loved our church. We loved the students. We loved the place. We were plugged into the community. We were doing, and God just started this weird unsettling thing in me. And I didn't know what it was, and I was talking to Amy and said, I have no idea what this is, why I feel this way. And then we realized God was speaking to us. He was getting ready to move us. And I remember I was down in the fellowship hall. Youth pastors move tables a lot. Kenny moves chairs. I move tables. Because every Sunday we'd put these big, those long, brown, wooden tables up that weigh like 120 pounds a piece. We'd put those up for Sunday school, and every Wednesday I had to move them back for youth, and they had to put them back out. So like twice a week, I was moving these huge tables. I was down there. 
And I'll say, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, you know, moving them because I drop them on my toes or I cut my finger on those metal sides. I despise those tables. I had dreams of just setting big stacks of them on fire. Like, but still haven't done it. One of these days, I'll have to do that. But I'll have closure. But I remember I was down there and I just had music playing in a fellowship hall and this song came on and I don't even remember what song it was. But this line came up and it said, better days are coming. And it just stuck in my head. I, for days, I kept saying, that, yeah, better days are coming. And eventually, God did move us. He, he opened up a door and we went, and then it wasn't what we thought it was, and it was different. And the next place, it wasn't what we thought it was. That was about three years of desert place that God was working in me and working in us. And I remember a friend of mine called and he said, hey, I really feel like you're in a desert. And I said, I, I think you're right. <laughs> it's been about three years of it. And he said, but God is getting you ready for what's next. And I said, huh, that makes sense. And so some of you are in that spot right now. I really think some of you are in that weird place of transition, and you're not quite sure what's next, but you're still letting go of what was. Be encouraged because better days are coming. God is working in you to get you ready for what's coming next. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And if you're physically able, would you stand with us this morning? If you're watching online, if you want to stand... So here's the big question this morning. Are we going to allow God to use desert places to grow us closer to him, or are we going to allow them to push us further away? Because we're the only ones that can answer that question. As we're in that place of transition, are we going to lean in on Jesus and grow in this and allow him to prepare us for what's next and the great things to come, or are we going to allow them to push us out? Because here's the thing. Until we're ready, God won't bring that new place. We can prolong that desert. If we kick and scream and push and fight, that thing can drag out for a long time sometimes because we haven't learned. We haven't let that old die, and we're not ready for that new to come. So, Lord, I'm so thankful this morning for your love and for your mercy. And, Lord, I just pray for our church family, for all those watching online, for those who are here today. Lord, I pray you would help us to see the cycles in our lives, the seasons that come and the seasons that go, and help us to be ready for what you have next for us. Help us to be faithful where we're at, but when you bring change and transition, help us to handle it in a healthy way so we can be ready for the next thing that you have.